Everybody happy? Hmm? Man, we got a lot of reason to be thankful. All these beautiful children and how they ministered to us. And, and is what they were portraying, is it true? Is it a fairy tale? Is, or did it really happen? And is it true? And what does it mean to us? What, what's the result? How does it affect us today? In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 1, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of, of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. Um, like Phyllis mentioned, we're, uh, we've got our new Bible reading cards, and what we do is for, I think, the last, what, four years we've read the New Testament through, and now we're going to read the Old Testament through, and then we'll read the New Testament through several times in a row, and then, but you need to know the Old Testament. The, the writers of the New, which is the Holy Spirit through different human vessels, but they assume you know something about the Old Testament. They're referring to it uh, all the time. And so you're, you're at a real uh, disadvantage if you don't know something about the, the Word of God in the Old Testament. And that's what he's talking about here. This is the New Testament, but it's talking about what was revealed in the Old. And he's talking about, uh, sometimes people will, you know, you're reading in Leviticus or, or somewhere about all of the uh, offerings. And it's an uh, offering of lambs and goats and sheep and bulls. And uh, there's shedding of blood and there's burning of, of uh, carcasses. And, and people think, whew, man, I don't, I don't, what do I need to know about all that? You need to know. I said you need to know because it reveals spiritual reality. And here he's talking about this. What happened there was a shadow of the good things to come. It was, it was types and portraying what Jesus would do when he came. But it said those sacrifices could not perfect the ones that were doing it. Verse 2, keep reading for the next couple of verses here. For then they would, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. The previous chapter here, chapter 9, talks about this, that it was, it's not possible. These two chapters together talk about not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. And what we're getting into here is the dealing with the conscience of sin. Uh, conscience is a very big deal. Conscience is the awareness and voice of your inner man. And it is, the, it is co-knowing of the Spirit and you, the Holy Spirit and your spirit. And the key to living free is living with a clear conscience. And no matter how much uh, therapy you get, no matter how many drugs you take or how much you drink or how much money you make, those things can never clear and cleanse your conscience. And he, he talked about that 
in the Old Testament before Jesus came, they offered all these animal sacrifices. And there was all this animal blood that was shed. And he, he sa- he's saying that couldn't cleanse people's conscience. All it could do was cover it until next year came around and they did it again. And he said if it had taken care of the problem, they would have stopped making these sacrifices. But it didn't because the conscience of sin uh, was not purged. Keep reading, keep reading. For in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you would not, but a body have you prepared for me. Said out loud, a body you've prepared for me. A body you've prepared for me. You'll find that the... Who knows, Phyllis referred to it earlier, but the two big days in Christianity, what are they? Christmas and uh, Resurrection Sunday. Somebody says, why don't you call it Easter? Well, look it up and you'll find out. (laughs) It's, uh, uh, I won't get into it, but Resurrection is what we should be thinking of, not not bunnies. But uh, not to say you can't have some fun with that, but some of that stuff goes back to some stuff you don't want to be a part of. But uh, resurrection is what we should be uh, talking about. And then uh, Christmas, which has largely become a secular holiday, more about commercialism than other stuff. But both of these landmark times are about the body of Jesus. Somebody say the body. body. He said, you have prepared for me a body. A body. The Christmas or Christmas is celebrating the divine conception and then birth of the body. Jesus being born And the scripture said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this is is one of the great marvels. It is one of the greatest mysteries. If you want to learn about God, don't just get a bunch of dusty theology books. The scripture tells us that everything there is to know about God... Even his eternal power and Godhead is revealed in what he has made, his creation. You want to you wanna learn about God? Look up in the night sky at the galaxies, uh, the mountain ranges, the oceans, the trees and flowers. And, uh, and, and got to remember, though, on the earth, all of this is in a fallen state. It's not in the perfect, beautiful state God created it. But even in its fallen, cursed condition, there's still so much beauty. Right? And it is astounding and amazing what God has made. 
just on the freak, just frequently, I'll just express it. I'll be seeing something and I think, wow, God, what you have made. What you have made. And when it came to human beings, we are originally created of him. He didn't create us evil and bad, but he gave us a free will and our parents chose wrongly. And ever since then, people have chosen wrongly. And so we needed a Savior. We needed to be redeemed, saved from our own sins, our own rebellion against Him. And the only way that could happen was life for life. God is perfectly just and fair. But this is one thing you want to get settled in your heart about Him. Never, ever, ever accuse God of being unfair. That is really acting stupid. I'm telling you. You're talking about something that will mess your life up? Is start believing that God's not fair about something. He is the righteous judge of all the earth. He won't pervert justice for anybody. Or anything, when he does something, you can be sure it is fair. It is completely just and fair. So he couldn't just act like human beings hadn't rebelled against him. He couldn't just treat us like we were okay. I'll let you forget about all that. He couldn't do it, you know, justly. I mean, if he did that with us, what about the devil and his bunch? They could say, well, what about your little humans? You know, you didn't hold them accountable for anything they ever did. (laughs) He's got to be just and fair. How do you save human beings? Hallelujah. He became one. Oh, my, my, my. The word was made flesh and he paid the price blood for blood, life for life, soul for soul. But every other human had been contaminated and sinned and fell short of the glory of God their own self. So nobody qualified to be the perfect Uh, redemption and savior we're reading in the book of revelation you know now and did you notice uh, when it got to the place where there was a scroll and they said who's worthy to open the scroll and they couldn't find anybody you remember that i mean nobody nobody in heaven and earth was worthy to come open the scroll until (laughs) hallelujah the the one and the only Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God, sinless. He lived as a human being, but never sinned. Never, not once. Never sinned. So then he is the sinless, spotless, perfect sacrifice that could be sacrificed. Like they sacrificed those lambs for all those years. Uh, on the altar, and their blood was shed, and that life of that innocent creature couldn't purge, couldn't redeem, but it could temporarily cover, pointing to someone who was going to take it away. Hallelujah. 
And, and the scripture said, you know, talking about that we just got through reading, it said, you know, those kind of sacrifices and offerings for sin, it didn't please the Father. It didn't satisfy the Father. But the Lord says, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me, I come to do your will, O God, a body you have prepared for me. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say a body. A body he prepared for him. And so Jesus was not born by the agency of a human flesh and blood father. Now, if you doubt that, you're lost. You are not saved. Are y'all with me? Why? Because you're not accepting what the Father said is the only uh, salvation. Jesus himself said in the book of John, if you don't believe I am he, I'm the one, you will die in your sins. So, I know people don't like this. They don't want it to be this definite. Oh, you know, there are many ways to God. Well, no, Jesus said he is the only way. He, He is the way. We were singing the way, the truth, the life. No man, he said, comes to the Father except by me. Why? We just got through talking about that. Nobody else, no other religion you want to talk about can say that their founder is sinless, spotless, born without a human father. Come on, y'all listening. Know what happened. Jesus, the Son of the Father, eternal in the heavens, came at the direction of the Father and at his own will. Because he loved us. This is amazing. This is astounding. Because you look around and there's a lot of people you wouldn't die for. (laughs) You're thinking, uh, you know, are they really worth that? Huh? But you heard the kids. God so loved the world, the whole world. Ugly, evil, messy bunch that he gave. He gave Jesus. He prepared a body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the master came and was supernaturally conceived and the word literally became flesh hallelujah and uh, lived and walked among us and never sinned and never failed even though he was tempted and subjected to every temptation that any of us have ever been subjected to yet he did not succumb to it he did not fail thank God he didn't or he wouldn't be the perfect sacrifice for us there wouldn't be any and then went to the cross and in, a, in our place was judged. And the full brunt of justice, the, the penalty for sin, which is death. The wages of sin is death. We deserved it. But the Father and Jesus didn't want us to have to go through it. Didn't want us to have to be eternally separated from Him and 
and, and joined in with his enemies. And he wanted us saved. Hallelujah. He wanted us to be a, a part of his eternal family. But he couldn't just wrap his arms around us like we hadn't sinned. It had to be paid for. It had to be taken care of or he wouldn't be just. He wouldn't be the righteous judge of all the earth. And in looking about who could do this, there was nobody. There was not one man, not one woman in all the generations living past, present, or future. So God had to take care of it himself. Hallelujah. And Jesus had to come. Hallelujah. From heaven. And he did. And the scripture is saying, you know, all these animal sacrifices and all these works and all these things is not satisfying God. And Jesus says, lo, I come. Woo. Lo, I, I come. In the volume of the book. Do you know it's Jesus from, from lid to lid? Is that right? From, from cover to cover, it's Jesus. Every example, every sacrifice, every type, every shadow, every prophecy is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. He said, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me. A body have you prepared for me. Why? Because the life is in the blood. And the blood of the Lamb is not contaminated by sinful human. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and never sinned. So his blood is the blood, the only blood that was worth it, could redeem, could purchase, could cleanse, and not just cover your sin, but wash it away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. And purge your conscience from every bad thing you've ever done. Faith in the blood can get you off of your medication. I'm talking about from mental issues and and all this stuff, because a whole lot of that comes back to this conscience thing. And faith in the blood is the only thing. That can cause you to be actually completely free from guilt and shame and condemnation. And if you're still living in some, it's because you've not fully received the work of the cross and the blood. No matter how many mistakes you make, don't go around dragging that baggage with you. uh, You know, beating yourself over the head over it. God doesn't want that. And you can't pay for it. You, you, that's acting like his blood wasn't enough to pay for it. You've you got to do some stuff. Add your little works. You can't pay for it. You never could. That's why he had to come. But he did. And he has. And it is. And what you want to do is say, Father, you know, when you mess up, I confess it. I shouldn't have done that or I should have done this. I repent. I admit it. Why, why acknowledge it? Well, there's nothing to receive uh, forgiveness for if you didn't do anything. No, you've you got to acknowledge it. 
acknowledge it, but then don't stay there. Acknowledge it and then say, thank you, Lord, for paying the price for me. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing and washing. I receive the righteousness of God. I mean receive it by faith. And that, my friend, will purge your conscience. It will cleanse your conscience. Even of, of guilt and shame and any of these things. Go to Luke and I'm uh, thinking about closing. Are you in a big hurry? This is a big day. Is it important to talk about these things? See, if you don't really know what happened, you won't be thankful like you should. In Luke, the 23rd chapter, Luke chapter 23. This is what the children were portraying. Luke chapter 23, and let's see, let's start about um, down towards the end, about verse 50. Luke 23, 50. This is after Jesus has been crucified. After he's hung on the cross. After he said it is finished. After he breathed his last And said, I I commend my spirit into your hands, Father. He did this willingly. He said, I have this command uh, from the Father. Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. And so then they took the body down. And his body is lifeless. This body that God had prepared for him this body that came into existence supernaturally this sinless body is now lifeless and this is the part where the devil did not had not figured it out yet because <laughs> the scripture said if he had known he would never have crucified the lord of glory so the devil don't know everything. And he ain't everything he cracks himself up to be. And he ain't what he used to be. <laughs> he's been stripped. He's been brought to naught. And he's under your feet. But uh, they thought they had won. I'm sure that they, they, they didn't really think they could pull this off. How do you kill an eternal one? You know, they they went for it, but I doubt they really thought they could. And when his body died, oh man, it was party time in hell. I mean, it was, they, they thought, they did it. They actually pulled it off and had no idea. They played right into God's hands. They were playing right into the plan. So they took the body down. And uh, Joseph uh, of Arimathea was a rich man. Does God need some rich people? Well, man, wasn't this a wonderful thing? That he comes, uh, notice the next verse, a good man and just. Can you be rich and a good person too at the same time? (laughs) He was. 
He had not consented to the council. He was of Arimathea, city of the Jews. He himself waited for the kingdom of God. Keep going. He went to Pilate and begged for what? The body of Jesus. Is this a precious thing? The body of Jesus. The flesh. The scripture said he's made a way for us to the holy of holies through the veil which is his flesh. When he died, the Bible said at the same moment that uh, the, the veil that separated the, the holy of holies from the other place was ripped from top to bottom. Symbolizing that now the access had not been available to everybody to come into the holy of holies. And now by the flesh of Jesus, by the sacrifice of him... People would have access. Hallelujah. Because you would be made holy. We weren't fit to enter into that place prior to that. And we could not make ourselves fit and righteous enough. But the blood of the Lamb has made us. Not in the process of making us. Has made us worthy. The thing that forever sets our value. Is not our accomplishments. It's the price God paid for us. That has forever set our value. We're the apple of his eye. He went and begged the body of Jesus. Keep going. And uh, he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in the stone where never man before was laid. And then, verse 54, the women came and beheld where the body was laid. Everybody say the body. The body. And then, uh, hallelujah, (laughs) I got excited and lost my place. Are you all okay? Uh, They they came to, to find him and they couldn't find the body. Skip down to the the 24th chapter right here, verse 1. Upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher like we saw the children portray. And they entered in, and they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It is the famous case of the missing body. I said the the case of the missing body. Religions all over the world. You can go to the tomb. I said you can go to the tomb or supposed tomb of the founders. But you can't find the body of our founder. Huh? Somebody say they found not the body. They couldn't find the body. They couldn't find it. You know why they couldn't find it? It wasn't there. It wasn't there. And this has been, this, this is one of the biggest core issues and tenets of Christianity there is. You don't get this right, you're not really a Christian. 
If you say, well, you know, I believe Jesus was a good man and, and he taught good things. But, you know, that's being raised from the dead. We all know that didn't really happen. That means you're lost. You are not a believer. You had not been born again. You're lost. I know people don't like that, but either the Bible's true or it's not. It's either true or it's not. If it's not true, you shouldn't even be here this morning. This is all a waste of time. Right? If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you ought never go to church again. I'm telling you, if he didn't raise from the dead, there is no resurrection, there is no salvation, there is no redemption. It all hinges on that. But he did. I said, but he did. They couldn't find the body. Where's the evidence? They couldn't find the body. They could, somebody said they couldn't find the body. They couldn't find the body. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Two men stood by them in shining garments. And, and oh, hallelujah. They said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He's not here. He's not here, but he has risen. Don't you remember they said how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee? He said, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Oh, somebody lift a hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Skip down to verse uh, 22. When they, when they got back to telling the other disciples, they said, yes, yeah, certain women of our company made us astonished when they were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, somebody said they couldn't find it. They couldn't find it. They came saying they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. And certain of them which were with us, they went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said. What does that mean? Couldn't find the body. Couldn't find the body. But him, they, they saw him not. And then he said, O fools, and slow of heart to believe. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? You remember when he appeared later on to the disciples, he said, It's me. It's me. Handle me. Touch me. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like you see me have. There is a human physical body sitting at the right hand of majesty in glory. Whoo! The, 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 the marks of the crucifixion and the spear are still there. Signs and badges of honor and glory, our Redeemer. And the fact that he raised from the dead reveals that all who believe in him will be raised from the dead because it is written, if the spirit that raised him from the dead dwell in you, he will also quicken and make full of life 
your mortal body. And 1 Corinthians 15 says, this mortal is going to have to put on immortality. This corruptible is going to have to become incorruptible. And the trumpet is going to sound. And the dead are going to rise. Hallelujah. And the ones that have already gone on are going to come back with him. And we're going to see them. And we're going to rise up and meet them in the air. And our bodies are going to be glorified like his glorious body. That's why the children were showing you these things. That's why we come to church. That's why we read our Bibles and pray every day and grow, grow, grow. Because we are looking forward. Hallelujah. We are looking forward with great anticipation to what comes next, what comes soon. Hallelujah. The time is short. Do you believe that? Time is short. The signs of the times that Jesus told us about when he was here. He said there'd be earthquakes in different places. and There'd be famines. There'd be wars and and rumors of wars. And he said these are the beginning of sorrows. But the end is not yet. And he said when this gospel. Mm -hmm. What gospel? The good news I've been talking about and waving my hands about this whole time. About (laughs) What Jesus has come and done for humanity. When this gospel is preached to the entire world. Then. Then. The end will come. The Lord's going to wrap this thing up. And there will be a new heavens. And a new earth. Wherein is only righteousness. No sin. No curse. No crying. No pain. No death. And you are going to be so glad you were a believer. Hallelujah. Everybody stand on your feet, please.